Kiss. Tell you what's good, it's a good thing we live close because I almost suffocated in that car. Next time I won't wear so much Papa Rabin. Hello, welcome to Prince Track by Track. I'm your host, Darren, and today we're going to be talking about tomorrow. And that, of course, is the number two with the word morrow from Crystal Ball. Recorded November 1996 at Paisley Park and released on the 29th of January 1998. On the track, you have Prince and the MPG Horns. This is the most recent song that is on Crystal Ball. So when you got Crystal Ball, this song was, you know, uh, recorded just after Emancipation came out. So, you know, it's as old as the gap between those two albums, uh, which, you know, at this point was the longest gap where Prince didn't release an album. Um, the track is 4 minutes 13, and joining me to talk about it is Antu. Hello, Antu. Oh, hey, Derek. Now, in terms of a genre, I would say, um, I don't know. I mean, like, it's kind of like a funk song. Yeah. Um, apparently, it was inspired by Corey, the girl from the Love for One Another experience, but not necessarily true. Wait, who who is Corey, by the way? It's a good question. I'm going to call An An unknown member of the MPG had a crush on her. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't make any sense, because... Yeah. It, it, it suggests that this person is a member of the MPG, but nobody knew they were a member of the MPG. Uh, rather than <laughs> saying, you know, like, it's it's an oddly phrased sentence, basically. But yeah, so someone in the MPG had a crush on this girl, Corey. And so Prince wrote this song yeah. uh, shortly after. I mean, it was basically done on the, you know, it was premiered on the 20th of November 1996, you know, as part of the Emancipation Special. Um so I guess maybe, you know, Prince didn't want to make the discs more than 60 minutes. So for some reason, he recorded <laughs> the song and then just didn't put it on Emancipation um, and then released it, you know, later. Um, Prince insists that the vocals and instruments were all recorded by Yo Mama. Uh, I don't like the liner notes for Crystal Ball are sometimes a little embarrassing because you're like, <laughs> I'm sure there's a I'm sure there's a hilarious joke that is involved with the members of the MPG. I'm sure they're reading these liner notes and being like, Prince, this is a hilarious joke. <laughs> but I'm just like, it's it's embarrassing for Prince to claim that your mama recorded this song. Like, you're not 10, Prince. Like, kind of, I don't know. Uh, also, this song, you know, samples the most beautiful girl in the world. Mm-hmm. As if Prince remixing that song 50 different ways and releasing it over and over again and putting it as B-sides on various singles for the last like two or three years was not enough. He decides to then incorporate a sample of it into this song. Um, and, you know, what's funny is when Prince and Maite got married, apparently there was a request that she made, which is that he uh, enter what they called studio rehab, which mm-hmm. is stop recording 24 hours a day <laughs> and pay attention to your pregnant wife. Um, and apparently he did that. Um maybe that's why there was no album released in 1997. Um, so, yeah, you know, and... I think this is, it's an interesting song because it's kind of so kind of like low key. Like it, it doesn't feel like, you know, that there's really, like, it's not, it's not like a big song. Yeah. It's just a very kind of like quiet, kind of like jazzy funk song. Yep. And that's pretty, you know, like, you know, that has Prince occasionally singing the words, the most beautiful girl in the world. Um, like, well, sampling them, I'm assuming yep. on his Fairlight and just pressing the button. Um you know. I, I really like it, actually. You're right. It's not like a big Prince gesture. It's like kind of, it's very jazzy and moody. Like, obviously, he scats later in the song along with his guitar. I, I don't know what they call it, but like, but yeah, that's a thing where you verbally scat 
the the same notes that you're playing on your guitar but in unison but uh i know i i think it's like kind of like a meditative like song about jealousy and he's kind of he's a bit he's a bit like a bit of a sociopath in the song <laughs> like <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i think some of the ideas are a little bit kind of interesting yeah. because you know like the, this just where he's like perhaps you notice i never look you in the eye i'm just afraid i might die because of my love for you I want to kiss you, but baby, I dare not try. All my dreams will surely come true. So that's why, please don't hold my hand, because I will damn sure understand and kill the other boys in the band who want you tomorrow, tomorrow. You're like, hold on a second. Wait, this <laughs> took this took a really kind of weird turn. Yeah. Um, don't sample the most beautiful girl in the world and then start talking about killing the other boys in the band. It, it's, um, it, you know, it's kind of in I, like I uh, murder ballad territory in a way, like as in like he's there's like a threat of violence over like a woman, but he doesn't act on it. But he's like clearly obsessed, and this is him kind of like, hey, I'm trying to subdue my passion in a way, which is probably why it's not like a big. <laughs> party Prince song but like it's interesting definitely yeah and you know he he does say you know on a deep blue sea i want to be swept away mm-hmm. with you i could pass the time you know the time of every night and every day uh now remembering to say the songs to sing let whatever you whatever notes sorry <laughs> let alone what notes to play i'm gonna die of my love for you baby like yeah it, it's 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 kind of weird because you know this is you know, this is a song recorded roughly a month after the death of Amir, mm. so it's it's kind of it's kind of weird to hear this idea that the relationship Prince is in is this dangerous, where like he can't even remember how to play music, and he's basically going to end up dying of loving this person. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, actually, I skipped over the bit where he says they can't tap it, not tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> you're mine tomorrow. So yeah, there's <laughs> that like, angle as well where like a, this. Uh, one of the band members was having a crush on this girl. So there's this sort of like, obviously the angle of jealousy where he's mad at this unnamed musician in the band or the entire band who liked this girl. Like, I don't know, it's like can't, very much a psychodrama happening here. Um, you know, and of course he, he asks, please stay with me tonight, my dear, but, but please don't hold me tight because I fear my heart just might feel joy instead of sorrow tomorrow now you know at this point i, I don't feel prince ever publicly grieved his the death of uh-huh. his son and apparently that was something that you know um led to the breakup of the marriage you know might have spoken about it you know comprehensively and um you know so i'm not going to kind of rephrase what she said but basically you know the idea that at this point he's you know he's saying um you know please don't hold me tight please don't hold me tight because my heart might you know feel joy instead of sorrow yep. a month after the death of amir that that sentiment for the rest of the song it's kind of playful and a bit silly yep. but those lines it always makes you think well at this point he doesn't want to be happy yep. you know he wants to, he wants to feel the loss that's just happened you know he wants to feel sorrow and, you know, like, it's very rare that Prince ever sang anything that was autobiographical. You know, we had, you know, Let's Have a Baby and uh, uh, Friend, Love, Assistant, My, my name is wife. Prince. Like, those... uh, that's clearly autobiographical. Like... Yeah, well, I don't know. Like, the video of that shows a riot in, in the Twin Cities. <laughs> and I don't think there's ever been a riot in the Twin Cities about anything. So I don't know how... Auto... Aside from I'm, I'm really afraid obvious, you is... saying that might create a riot in the Twin Cities. Like, they'll be so offended yeah. by the lack of riots. <laughs> I don't know a lot of a lot of a lot of that place is very gentrified and mm-hmm. you know I don't think people would want to start smashing it up but yeah like 
you know, it, it kind of it's very rare that there's anything in a Prince song that you can definitively point as being autobiographical. Mm-hmm. But like the, the idea of my heart might feel joy instead of sorrow, like to me that feels this feels like the only time where you actually get Prince admitting that you know he was mourning his his son. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the rest of the song is kind of silly, so that's why that one line kind of stands out to me. I, I, um, I you agree know. with you. I think it's a great line, as in, I think obviously most people want to be happy, and they've obviously a lot of unhappy people feel like they don't have a choice in the matter. And this is yeah, the narrator of the song choosing, openly choosing to be sad, to still be sad over feeling joy. And you know, I mean, he says later on, tomorrow is is. Here's the day I say after today. It's like, okay, Prince, thank you for stating how time works. Uh, that you and I can play like we want to. With undergarments thrown, the seed can be sown. Slippery in the sauna. Like, that coming after the whole thing about sorrow, you're like, hold on a second, what's, what's going on here? Suddenly undergarments are all over the place and people are being slippery in the sauna. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't know if Paisley Park itself has a sauna. I, I'm betting um, it does. That, <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I would, I would guess it would have to have like a hot tub, um, you know, for for those cold, uh, those cold winter nights. Mm-hmm. Um, we certainly know Prince had a pool because he shot a couple of videos by the pool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I don't know, like this whole thing of you know, I dare not try because then my dreams will surely come true. Like I think that's an interesting idea as well. Yeah. Um, and you know, he he finishes by restating he's going to kill the other boys in the band. Now this track is just Prince and the MPG horns, yeah. and I'm guessing the MPG horns would have been recorded at a separate time. So there are no other boys in this particular band. Yeah. It's just Prince. So this is the one time when he could be issuing this threat, <laughs> and there's nobody else around because they're not. There's no other boys currently. They playing. can't play badly in response, <laughs> like like had they yeah. threatened <laughs> us on record. You want me to play? This yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. It, it's pretty interesting the whole idea of like if i try my dreams might come true that whole fear of success even or fear of failure because mate you could like what do you think that means like what was prince afraid of like you could argue that all his dreams came true with his marriage and putting out a triple record or whatever and and where where did that lead him probably to an unhappier place than he thought obviously the death of his child and you know you know, if we think about it, yes, this is an intensely sad song. That's kind of yeah. That sounds very upbeat. That's the weird thing is like it's very like it's it's mm-hmm. not like this is like a slow ballad, you know, mourning the death of his child. It's a very kind of like upbeat, silly song. And even the you know the the kind of the liner notes, the whole yo mama and you know you know the 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 MPG yeah. member had a crush. Like all of that is kind of silly, and it doesn't feel like it kind yeah. of befits a, a song that has this kind of serious undertone. Um. You know, so I don't know. It's it's just one of those weird things. And then, of course, you know, the song ends with, you know, like you said, Prince doing some scatting with some guitar. Some really great scatting, damn it. That's <laughs> like, what? Yeah, no, like I enjoy or... The thing is with this song, like, you know, obviously there's so many songs came out around this time. Sometimes it's hard to remember, remember songs. Yeah. And whenever I think about Tomorrow, I'm like, what is that song exactly? And then when I listen to it, I'm like, oh, yes, this is this song. You know, I enjoy this song. Um, yeah, no, mm-hmm. it, like... You know, Prince is a consummate musician. Like, you know, it's one of those things that you kind of yeah. take for granted. And then when he'll do something like this at the end of the song, you're like, oh, yeah, of course, Prince is a great musician. <laughs> like, it's nice that every now and again yeah. he kind of reminds me of this. And then for some reason he finishes the song with a couple of samples of The Most Beautiful Girl in the World. Um, but before that, the last words that he sang was Tomorrow, which, of course, is the title of the song, which is always the best way to finish a song. Um, but, yeah, like, 
you know, it's it's like a very kind of short kind of light song and it doesn't feel too serious. But if you, you know, if you're looking at the lyrics, you realize that there is some kind of serious thing. And I think you have a point about, you know, Prince had his dreams fulfilled. He got out of his contract with Warner Brothers. He married Maite. Mm-hmm. She was having his kid. Like, essentially, that is everything that he dreamt of. You know, there was there are a few songs, you know, where he talks about, I mean, particularly in, you know, Let's Have a Baby, where he's talking about he wants to see a child that has the same face as Maite, you know, like kind of being a father was clearly mm-hmm. something that he wanted to you know he's in friend love a system of the wife he's talking about how great it's going to be that Maite is going to be a mother like you know clearly there was you know a, a plan that he had I mean he had a song literally called the plan um you know like there was clear this was clearly the point in his life where he wanted to be married where he wanted to become a father where he wanted to you know have this child where he was now free to release as much music or as little music as he wanted you know everything kind of worked out for him and then he reaches this point and you know you start 1996 with prince in essentially the most optimistic time of his life you know knowing that he's going to be out of his contract before the end of the year knowing that he's going to have a child and then you finish 1996 with Prince, literally, you know, the record company that gave him the one one album deal, you know, has essentially fallen apart. And, you know, they had like an 18 month plan to release singles and a tour. and everything. But then none of that happened because EMI kind of just like the whole thing started to fall apart and they had to sell parts of it off. And, you know, mm-hmm. like so his kind of professional stuff kind of falls apart and then, you know, they lose the child and. You know, obviously that puts a strain on his marriage. So, you know, by the time you get to, by the time you get to the, you know, the, 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 like one of the most famous Prince songs ever, 1999, by the time you actually reach that year, you know, Prince has no wife, no child, no record contract. And, you know, he basically, he kind of is releasing albums that no one is even like really listening to. You know, Rave didn't really do that well. Mm-hmm. You know, The Vault barely charted. <laughs> like, you know, he reached he reached a point where people kind of like uh, while he was fighting with Warner Brothers, it seemed like there was a reason for people to pay attention to Prince. And then once he won, it was like, yep. oh, so what you wanted to do was release music. Well, you've been doing that for 18 years. <laughs> like what's different now? You know, like it, it it's it's almost like kind of, you know, the, it was like a Pyrrhic victory for him where like what had he won really, you know, just kind of you know this kind of weird isolation where you know the, the like the fact that he he gave all those interviews when when emancipation came out you're kind of like well what did that achieve in the end you know all of, all of those if you read any of those articles they're all pretty much the exact same interview like 30 different times it's almost like like prince started to give interviews but he gave the one interview 30 times over to all these different outlets and all it did was you know Emancipation was relatively successful, but by the time, you know, you reached kind of, you know, early 97, it was out of most of the charts and, you know, none of the singles really did that well. And, you know, I could imagine if I'm Prince, I'm just like, well, I won, but what have I won? <laughs> like, you know, I, yep. by the, you know, and, and, and I can understand why he maybe, you know, sought some kind of, you know, spiritual direction. And maybe that is the thing, you know, once we get to Rainbow Children, we could talk about it a lot more. But I feel like that is the thing that saved Prince was, yep. you know, becoming more religious and, you know, embracing that. And I think that kind of stabilized his life and kind of put him in the correct direction. You know, we're, we're kind of in a period now from like 98 through to 2001 where you can almost say, ask yourself, well, what did Prince do? You know, for most people who know Prince, they might remember Emancipation. If you're, you know, if you're a casual Prince fan, maybe you remember that. 
Um, but I think for most kind of people, gold was the last time they kind of remembered Prince. And then musicology is kind of the next time Probably he makes a splash. Yep. And that's, you know, there's like a decade between those two albums. So it's, you know, it's it, you kind of, you know, you're in a fallow period. You're in a period where a lot of music magazines would be like, you know, Prince is still releasing music. Some of it's still good. And there were so many articles I remember reading where it's like, here are 10 actual good Prince songs from the last couple of albums he's released. And they would like <laughs> literally take like tracks from like, you know, uh, Emancipation and Chaos and Disorder and Crystal Ball. And they'd be like, look, if you put these 10 songs together, it's a decent album. And there was a lot of that going on where it's like it felt like Prince fell out of the public eye, you know, for, for a few years. And this is kind of where we're at. So it's interesting that this song almost kind of conveys this idea that Prince got everything he wanted and then it all kind of fell apart and then he just recorded this kind of gentle funk ballad and this is the only way he could kind of cope. Uh, something that I've brought up before is like, yeah. you know, for Prince, it's like, oh, this happened. Well, I'm going to have to go into the studio and write a song about it. And I think it's interesting that this happened when Maite was like, please stop going into the studio every five minutes to write a song. Just, just to have a conversation with me. Yeah. I don't need to hear it on a record, you know? I feel like, which is sad in a way like the success that the sort of life that he's led you know well the idea that your life is so successful that you have a home studio and your wife has to ask you to stop you know making music that that's a sign of something obviously really troubling about his personal life in a way as in yeah and the thing is as well it's kind of played as being a bit jokey like oh just you know do some studio rehab stop going to the studio every five minutes but it's like when you listen to the, some of the songs that are on Emancipation and Chaos and Disorder, particularly anything about Warner Brothers, it's always Prince being like, I hate this, you know, I hate being in this contract, I hate this thing. And even, you know, when he finishes Emancipation, like the last line is, you know, I'm free, don't think I ain't. It's like, yeah, but Prince, what are you free to do? The same thing you've been doing for the last, like, certainly at Paisley Park, last decade, like... You know, it, it, like you're not you're not really free. Essentially, to keep to keep this facility open, you're going to have to keep releasing music to make money to pay your two tailors that are on staff and your you know your archivist and your three studio engineers. Like you're going to have to keep making music. You know, although you are free, you are still a slave to you know mm-hmm. uh, to money. You're like you still need money to get things done. Um, so I think it's interesting that in a few years he kind of you know you know found religion essentially yeah. not that he was not religious but you know found a specific religion and that kind of helped you know kind of get him back on track so if the devil is the elevator then like the es- the escalator yeah. has to be like has to be like the positive side of religion i'm saying we have to like prince prince getting on the escalator <laughs> is what saved him he's like what's like yeah I mean, I guess at this point he's yeah. at the bottom of the escalator, not realizing yeah. that what he has to do. Um, but I think I think this is an interesting song because, like I said, this is the last kind of original material that he put out for almost three years at this point. Like you know, and th- and this was a two-year-old song, so you are talking like a five-year gap where although music is coming out, it's just it's not yeah. anything new. And, you know, and the irony was, of course, Prince argued to get out of his Warner Brothers contract because he basically wanted to release like an album a month. He wanted people to hear the latest stuff that he was recording. And then once he was given that freedom, he just kind of didn't do that anymore. Um, You know, and it's only when the MPG Music Club started up in like 2001 that he kind of started to kind of get back to doing that. Um, You know, but yeah, you know, I like I would say for me, this is like a four out of five. You know, it's an enjoyable song. But if it's still, even though there are some kind of deeper themes in there, it still yep. feels very slight. Like it doesn't, 
you know, it's not like a song yeah. that you would really notice, you know, it, particularly because you've got 30 songs to listen to. This is an album with 30 songs. So it's like, you know, oh, I, man, this is I, <laughs> like it's a lot of music to kind of listen to. So it's like it doesn't really like as far as the songs go, I'd say like for it to stand out. I yep. would then give it a five out of five, but because it's a little kind of forgettable, I'd say four out of five. Well, I meant like if we're just looking at it in the scheme of like Crystal Ball, I meant this is like it'll be pretty muddled in terms of like quality and tone and like because there's no like overarching thesis. Like I know, like I haven't listened to all of Crystal Ball. Like, where do you think it stands in all like on on the disc on <laughs> in regards? Well, to- like. I th- I think the thing with Crystal Ball is because it is just such a grab bag of just like yeah. random songs, and not yeah, but it's random songs from two specific periods. You have songs from Crystal Ball, you know, Dream Factory, you know, so you have songs from around that time, from like eighty five, eighty six, mm-hmm. and literally after eighty six, there's nothing else. Like you stop at eighty six, mm-hmm. you know, you've got Crucial and Honest Man, which are like eighty six, eighty five. But then you stop and then you suddenly get songs from like 93, 94, 95. And most of the 94 stuff is just remixes. Mm -hmm. The 93 stuff is stuff that was going to be on I'll Do Anything and, you know, like kind of was dropped. And then, you know, like the stuff from like 95, 96 is stuff that was going to be on Golden Emancipation. So it's like it's 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 songs that weren't on albums that most people don't really know mm-hmm. like you know and then it's also tracks that are from a period when we know there's more songs you know we know that there were tons of songs recorded for crystal ball and dream factory but he only puts out like three or four of those songs and then you're like well you know it's kind of disappointing because it feels like if you were really going to go into the vault and release songs, then, you know, where are the songs that weren't on Graffiti Bridge? You know, where are yep. the songs that would have been on Purple Rain? You know, he recorded 20-something songs for Purple Rain and then only released nine. So, like, like where are the rest of those songs? Obviously, they later emerged on the, you know, the Purple Rain Deluxe. Yep. But it's like he could have put some of those songs on, on this album. And I think that would have also been, like, for a lot of music critics, they would have gone, look... There's, there's some stuff from Purple Rain and you know Sign of the Times, yeah. you know, like the, the, the like those are the albums that the critics enjoyed. If he'd have given us some more stuff from that time period, I think people would have been like, "You've got to get this," you know, "You've got to get this album." <laughs> so but as I, it I is, imagine like there'd be like, a list, like one of those lists saying, "Hey, if you put these tracks together, you get Purple Rain too, or whatever." <laughs> yeah, uh, I feel like we've talked about as much as we possibly can about tomorrow. Goes without saying, no one's ever covered it. Prince never performed it live, <laughs> like. You know, it was just a song that was thrown on an album, uh, you know. So uh, let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug onto? Uh, yeah, just uh, plug, plugging. Uh, just follow me on Twitter at R2Comedy, A-N-H-T-U, Comedy. And yeah, you'll just stay up to date with all my news of what I'm doing. And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast. Or you can email us, not sure why you would, at Prince Track by Track at gmail.com. Thanks once more for being my guest here, R2. Uh, no problem. Thanks for having me, Darren. And otherwise, we will see you tomorrow. So you like my crib? It's not mine, it's Rennie. Say, how much did you have to drink? What's the beast like you've ever been in? So do you like environmental records? Crickets chirping, water rushing. Supposed to make you horny, just make me want to go to the bathroom. Actually, this one's not bad. Check it out. So, like, what's your name? Oh, wow, that's dog.